Get your tickets now for Emma's Footprints 8th Annual Winter Gala happening on Saturday, March 4th at the Ambassador Center. This is a fun night out. Gather your friends, get dressed up, put your dancing shoes on, and come support Emma's Footprints. Tickets are now on sale. Head to our website at www.emmasfootprints.com to grab yours. Doors open at 5 p.m. We hope to see you on March 4th. listening to Confessions of a Grieving Mother by Emma's Footprints. Each week we will be bringing you stories to give you a real look on what families go through after they experience a pregnancy or infant loss. Our goal is to help educate, support, and break the stigma around this topic. Be prepared for tears and laughter as we remember our babies. This is going to be real, raw, and vulnerable, so get your boots on. It's going to be messy. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Grieving Mother. I am Tracy, Emma's mom. And I am Julie Gus's mom. And this is the last episode of 2022. Wow. I know. Ew, that's so weird. A whole nother year. A whole nother year. I don't know how that happened. I don't know either. I can't tell you. So on the phone with us, we have uh, Jessica and Brad. Hi, guys. Hi, everyone. Hi, ladies. <laughs> so it's an episode of Confessions of Mother and Father. And Father. And fa- Mom and Dad. Seems so formal, mother and father. father. <laughs> anyway, um, where are you guys calling us from? We're calling from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh in the house. But you um, tell us the journey of how you got there, because you've moved. You've moved a little bit. Yeah, we we built a home in Pittsburgh just in December. So we lived in. Well, Jessica and I met in New York City. Uh, we were living there for just for ten years. Me for about three years. We moved out to Connecticut uh, after right around when we got engaged prior to getting married. And we lived in Norwalk, Connecticut for about five years. That's where we had our son, Ashton, who's four, and uh, and where we went through a lot of the things that we're on this podcast to talk about today. And uh, a part of that was uh, that experience was moving to Pittsburgh to get closer to our families. That uh, mine is in Buffalo, Jessica's in Ohio. And we were kind of uh, in a lonely island out in Connecticut. And Pittsburgh really just brought an opportunity for us to to get closer to our support and our resources and, uh, you know, grow Ashton by family. And so we've been here since December and, and truly loving it. Well, welcome to PA. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. That. Yeah, that's kind of right in the middle of Buffalo and wherever in Ohio. Yeah. 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 And almost a whole year of, of a new house. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, it's been wonderful. We so were moved you, into a neighborhood full of children. Yeah. Were you living in Connecticut while building the house then in Pittsburgh? We were. So you're building long yeah, distance? Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other podcast. Ooh, wow. <laughs> it was challenging for sure. Yeah, that is. I don't want to. A lot of Zoom calls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would assume. I guess thankful for technology. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and FaceTimes and all of this. Yeah. Wow. And Probably. just uh, hope that people were doing what you wanted them to do. Yeah, you yeah. can't really surprise, Checking you know, on. on a Saturday yeah. morning, pop into the yeah. construction site. <laughs> Take a lot of planning. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you mentioned you have a four-year-old Ashton. We do. Um, so before you had Ashton, what did that look like, the conversation for you guys to start a family? Did you both want families? Did you, did you come from big families? We did. We did. Um, we each have one sibling. I have a brother who is five years younger than me, and Brad has a sister who is two years older than him, two and a half years older than him. Um, and so I had always um, pictured three children. Um, we had kind of talked about two or three together. Um and life just didn't quite work out that way. But um, we, before before we had Ashton, we, um, let's see, we got married in 2016 and I was 34. Um, so we were thinking like, okay, we need to kind of move it along. Hmm. Um, and so we started trying to have children in April of 2017. Um, we had, we got pregnant in July of 2017. So that was a pretty um, easy process to get pregnant? Yeah, yeah. Um, super quick, no, no issues. Um, but then we went for our first ultrasound at six weeks and baby was pretty small and not really growing much, but they weren't sure. So we kept coming back week after week. Um, 
and at the, I guess it was five, it was five weeks because there were many weeks we were going to the doctor every week and not seeing a lot of growth. And the doctor kept saying, you know, we're optimistic, but cautiously. And um, so then uh, September 1st of 2017, we were told that we were miscarrying. Um, and, but it was a missed miscarriage. So um, we tried to wait it out. Um, I waited 19 days and nothing can happened. You, can you talk about like the meaning, the meaning behind missed miscarriage? Yeah. 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 So missed miscarriage honestly just means that my body didn't miscarry, miscarry the pregnancy. So I was holding, you know, the baby still inside of me, but it was no longer alive. Um, and there is nothing anybody could do about it. <laughs> um, so we could wait um, and see if I miscarried naturally. Uh, chances were slim, they kind of figured. Um, or b- before, you know, there's a time limit kind of that they'll let you um, stay that way. Um, yeah, so what is that time limit? Infection. It sounds like, yeah, your life could be um, in danger then at some point. Yeah, you know, I've, I've had two different doctors, so it's been two different um, timelines. But um, I think the longest they were going to let me go then was about six weeks. Oh, wow. Um, but... We were, we were gonna let, we were gonna go, you know, about four weeks and see what happened. Um, we scheduled for the twenty second of September for a DNC, um, and we had to go that route because I never miscarried. So wow. that's we did that. That's um, that's wild. I'm just great. gonna stop you for a second because yeah, it's yeah. like, how you yeah. know, like how. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're living with the like, yeah. I think it plays, it plays some tricks on your brain, mm, right? That for sure. You, they're telling you you're no longer pregnant. Right. And you know that the, the baby is not alive, but your body hasn't recognized that yet. And it's, it's really hard for your brain then to compute that the baby really is gone. Right. Because you're still, I'm, I'm a very small human. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was already showing like the teeniest bit and you know, so you're like, I feel, I, I see yeah. you pregnant. I feel very sick. That's the other thing that's very, hard for a missed wow. miscarriage is that you're still sick because your, your placenta your body, is still yeah. kind of functioning and your body still has all those hormones inside. Mm-hmm. So you're still technically pregnant without a living baby. Right. And that, um, that's, it's a hard, Mind it's a hard, yeah, yeah, walk to walk for a while because you're still feeling so pregnant knowing that you're not. Right. Brad, how did mm-hmm. how did how did that look for you? It was also confusing. You know, I we got pregnant is just said easier than <laughs> the rest of well, the story will come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. um, you know, it was just kind of a lot of joy at the very beginning, and then pure confusion for me. You know, I, I'm not experiencing any of it. I, you all are around this all day long, and you didn't even know the term mis- miscarriage, right? right? Yep. What we're talking about here. So I, I was just trying to be supportive of Jess and try to understand what the doctors were saying. And I, it was so early on that, you know, there was really no emotional attachment to for me mm-hmm. in, in this pregnancy. It was really just more concerned for Jessica and making sure that you know, we could move on through this process to continue to try to grow our family and yeah. that there was no complications caused by it. Right. So that was the biggest concern that I had was, you know, the longer we wait, could something go wrong? Mm-hmm. So something I'm just remembering, which I'm sure somebody else has experienced, is that, you know, we're in the room and they're telling me that this, you know, this pregnancy is not viable, the baby's not alive. And within, you know, five minutes of hearing this, I'm thinking, well, can I get pregnant again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that everybody feels at some point. But you also feel a lot of guilt yeah. around that. Yeah. Because you feel like, but what about this pregnancy? And, and it, it's just, it's a very weird time and a very um like i feel like you're constantly um making yourself feel guilty about things that are completely not Mm -hmm. uh, you you should never feel that right Mm -hmm. there's no guilt to be put on yourself but you feel that you feel guilty about why did my body do this you feel guilty about you know, why am I already trying to plan for another child when I'm just losing this one? Right. And, and I would say it, happens, so much it that. happens like in all type of loss mm-hmm. and it's yeah. more of like what, what we wanted in an end result. 
it's like doesn't take mm-hmm. away from yeah. what we're going through right now but at the end we wanted a baby mm-hmm. so how do we get that mm-hmm. yeah. right right and were you guys you just trying in... to fix it and it just can't yeah, be fixed at right, that moment right yeah were you in new york or connecticut at this point connecticut we were in connecticut okay. yeah what did, mm-hmm. <clears throat> were there any resources there i mean did you guys know hey we should grieve we just lost a baby you know there weren't and um there was nothing you know given to me or you know it was like we had a miscarriage the baby never grew past really five weeks six days so you know it was a really early miscarriage and it was kind of tossed off as that um i will and... say just was devastating oh i was mm-hmm. so oh, tossed yeah. off but it's, it's really uh, oh yeah not for us we... I right knew, like from i felt like from my doctors yeah. from kind of the the general group of people that were caring for us um it wasn't um it wasn't dealt with as something that would be quite as devastating as it was but right. i also say as a dad you know we again we don't know what we don't know and it was so early on that in my eyes i i just thought this was sort of a natural part of the process like sometimes and, this happens and then we'll just continue to try again there's nothing hey we got pregnant easily so mm-hmm. let's go get pregnant easily again and right. hope that this doesn't happen again and mm-hmm. fortunately we we did. did we got pregnant very soon after um i had two DNCs with that pregnancy because of wow. course the first one had some missed tissue. Yeah. Put um, a pin in that. You'll hear that a couple more times. Yeah. My body is awesome. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but um, yeah, I had a DNC on the 22nd of September and then on Halloween of that year, Brad was in Florida um, for work and I started hemorrhaging at work and um was like, I don't know what's happening. I called the doctor and they said, oh, you know, it sounds like maybe you started your period. And I'm like, I, I don't think that's what this is. Do you want to know I blocked um, this part out? Like, I'm I, sure. I, genuinely <laughs> um, I didn't. I, I feel <laughs> terrible saying admitting that. But it, yeah. It's just, there's been so much that I remember it now. Yeah. Right. They kind of said, go home and wait it out. See how it goes. Um, kept happening. Um, I was supposed to travel to Barcelona for work. <laughs> I was flying out two days from then, and I had to call my boss and everyone say, sorry, can't come, having surgery. Wow. Um, so I had to have another DNC. Um, you know, we went in for an ultrasound. They said, yep, there's some tissue still there. Had to have a second operation. Um, I will say that I was one that was absolutely terrified of surgery. I have been very lucky in my life, never had a surgery, never had to be put under, ever. Um, so that was what scared me from a DNC. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why we didn't do it right away. Because you can, you know, at, at, with a mis- miscarriage, they could have done it the next day. Right. Yeah. But I decided to wait because I was very scared. Yep. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, I would have done the DNC immediately and mm. tried to um, heal. Yeah. But you don't know what you don't know. Right. right? Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, then I had a second DNC and then we went... Um, that was November, and we got pregnant in December with okay. Ashton. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we're to the point that terrified. when we found out we were pregnant, sorry, when we found out we were pregnant, we were shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely <Okay>. shocked. <laughs> so it was very quick. So then when you found out, I mean, you were surprised, shocked, and terrified. Am I missing anything <laughs> yeah. in there? What else? All of, <laughs> nope, that's it. All yeah. of the above. Yeah. But terrified, overall, an yeah. easy pregnancy. You were oh, yeah. sick. I was very sick, but... um. A very easy pregnancy, all things considered. Um, you know, things were very good from the very beginning. All of my scans were very good. He, you know, everything was good. We had a little nuchal issue. You know, they said he could have a heart issue. Um, that was a little scary. So we did the echo, um, the fetal echo, and all, all was well. Um, so he he was. He was an easy pregnancy, and... Um, it took a while to accept that we were pregnant, mm-hmm. not accept, but um, um, be joyous that right. we were pregnant. Uh, yeah. We were, you know, cautious. Um, kind of right when we started getting excited was right before the new call. And then we had the new call. Yeah, so that yeah, was scary right. again. And you're like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was like 14 weeks. And then we had to wait to 22 weeks to have the echo. So there's a bit of time there of sitting around and hoping, waiting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, then uh, we had Ashton on September 2nd of 2018. Oh, wow. So a year later. Yep. yep. Yeah. We found out on September 1st of 2017 that we were miscarrying and we had him twenty uh, the 2nd of uh, 2018. 
So he is four now. He is four. Yes. yes. And all of his four glory. Yes. <laughs> yes. He's oh, amazing. It's, it's my favorite age by far. <laughs> He's They're funny at that age. He is. Right. He's so funny. Ugh. So how long um, after he came home did the conversation st- start to have um, another try again? Yeah. So we, I think that at least I wanted children, more children as soon as possible, right? But I, nur- I wanted to nurse him for as long as I could. I was blessed to be able to nurse him until 18 months. Oh, wow. Awesome. Um, Good job. Mama. So my body just wasn't going to have it. <laughs> my body was not going to let me get my cycle back and everything kind of fully until I stopped nursing. So at 18 months, I stopped nursing. And, you know, after that, it was, okay, we're going to get pregnant. That was March of 2019. 19. Um, And then, you know, we kept, we were trying to get pregnant. No, and March of 20. You that's right. COVID. That's right. Yeah. It, was, it was sorry. It was 2020 because right, yeah, COVID. yes, um, because I was pregnant in April yeah. of 2020. Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, so getting pregnant, you will find has not. Yeah, been that that has not been the problem. Staying um, pregnant. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we got pregnant, you know, right after, and now having a living, healthy child, we didn't think a thing of it. Right. Yeah. We're pregnant. Great. Um. I wouldn't have known that I was pregnant had I not been um, checking because I miscarried at five weeks. So had I not been the testing? No, in in oh, March of in April of 2020. Oh, you had, um, you had another, another miscarriage. I had, another early oh, yes, yes, yeah. they they oh. keep coming. Oh. Um, yeah, I had a I had a miss just a regular miscarriage in April of 2020. Uh, the wow. next month, I had another five-week miscarriage. What? Um, so now we're wondering what's going on. Oh man! Um, so in and my so April and May. So April yeah, and May. April and May of 2020. So wow. you, you think of the world in March of 2020. Yes. Oh. And, and like, so now we're April and May. Paint the picture. Were you alone? Like uh, in yes. Hospital? In the, the hospital, doctor's yeah. office. Luckily, I didn't have to go to the hospital, but I called the doctor and went in. You know, and um, yeah, each time we, I was by myself. Hmm. Um. And I knew because I was starting miscarrying at home both times, I kind of knew what was happening. Um, but was, you know, you don't know until you go yeah. and they're like, yeah, you're miscarrying. Um, so that was April and May. Um, Do you remember your, um, like, were you numb? Were you angry? Like both of you? Annoyed. Yeah. Do you remember Frustrated. those feelings? I was angry. I was angry because I just didn't understand why we were having such trouble um i i kind of say it was the world was such a crazy place at that time Mm -hmm. and we you know we also had an 18 month old in this covid world and it was just kind of all a blur yeah (laughs) there was there are so many subsequent things that happened that were so traumatic that those things kind of i remember them happening i remember being sad Mm -hmm. um they didn't hit as hard as the first miss miscarriage because we had Ashton. I think there was something yeah. about we had Ashton and I was so involved in caring for Ashton that I was sad, but it wasn't um, as hard of a blow. I think I just thought, well, we'll get pregnant. It's just not the right time. Yeah. I think for me, it was just frustration because it was, it felt like once we get past that six, seven week point, we're good because that, yeah. that, that period of time has been problematic for right. us. Yeah. Right. But when we got past well, that period of time, we not... got Ashton. No, oh, yeah. Ashton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then so in my mind, it was like, all right, we'll just keep trying. And once we get past that point, things should be all right. Yeah. yeah and then it kind of just goes back to like the roller coaster of emotions anyways. But it's like, oh, my gosh. Yay. We're pregnant. OK, now what? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've already experienced this one time. And then when it happens again in May, I can't imagine what you're going through as far as like, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, it was and a I, lot. I think people don't. And I, I've never experienced an early term loss, but I think people what they don't understand and that, you know, society is like, oh, well, you were you're only five weeks. What's the big deal? Or yeah. um, or they don't yeah. realize, you know, when you if right. you're at home miscarrying, I mean, you remember yeah, every not, detail. It's and, not great. Yeah, yeah, and your body 
you know, from what I've heard, I mean, yeah. your, your body is bleeding it's and you're lot. in pain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, for a husband yeah. to watch his wife, like it's, yeah. people just, just say that sentence and just keep on mo- moving. Right. Like, Thank you. Hold yeah, on a second. You don't understand Thank what that you. means. Right. <clears throat> right. And to yeah, have that back to back and. Right. My body was just wrecked. Mm. Um, you know, I had had a, had a miscarriage, then had a living child. I had a C-section with him because I had late term preeclampsia. So, oh. you know, I had had the C-section and then I nursed for 18 months and now I'm finally trying to get my body back in shape and I have two miscarriages right in a row. My body was all over the place. Oh. My hormones were all over the oh, place. Yeah. You know, there was a lot going on. All right, we're going to um, take a we're going to take a quick break and we'll um, dive more into your story as soon as we're back. Emma's footprints has paid over $140,000 in our mission expenses this year. Being able to take away the financial stress during a very difficult time for a family is only part of what we do. If our mission tugs at your heart, we encourage you to make a donation that will allow us to continue to serve families that have experienced a pregnancy or infant loss. Head to our website at www.emmasfootprints.com and look for the donate tab at the top of the page. As always, thank you for your support and for allowing Emma's to say yes to families grieving pregnancy and infant loss. Okay, so we're back. So you guys have been through some things. <laughs> and <We have>. and <laughs> unfortunately, there's more to ch- chat about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So after your third miscarriage in May of 2020. Yeah. Take it from there. We, we, uh, you know, started investigating what was going on. Um, I went to RMA in Connecticut, which is a fertility, um, fertility specialists. And, um, they started investigating. We did all the blood work and the carrier testing and all of those things to kind of find out what was up. Um, and nothing really came up other than I was a little vitamin D deficient and let's try some progesterone and we should be good. Huh. And sure enough, I was. Um, July of 2020, yes, um, I got pregnant again um, with our son Beckham. Um, all was good. Um, they were monitoring me starting at five weeks. Um, everything looked good. Were, you, looked taking good. Proge- looked were good. you taking progesterone at this point? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, we did progesterone. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was helping. That was yeah. going well. Um, I was released by RMA and went to my normal OB. All was well. Um, but he said, hey, let's do the panel. Yeah. Let's do a carrier screen. You know what? We didn't do a carrier screen at RMA. We hadn't done that. We did a carrier screen with Ashton. Nothing came up. There was Everything like, was what they were for like testing for. Four, and... No, sorry. They were testing for 14 things at that that's time. Right, that's right. Um, and then, so I went to my normal OB. He said, let's just do a carrier screen. You haven't done one in a while. They're now testing for 177 things. Wow, mm. that's a big difference. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. All right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Great. We did that. Um, I hadn't got, it was like pushing two and a half weeks and I still hadn't gotten my results back. I did my, did it at nine weeks. Um, sorry, I did it nine and a half weeks. Um, so we were a little over two weeks and I'm wondering what's going on. I call and the receptionist says, Oh yeah, we got your, we got your blood work back. Um, baby's healthy. Um, all the genetic or all the, uh, the, what's the, the mother. I cannot, uh, Maternal? NIP, NIPT, oh, NIPT yeah. mm-hmm. um, came term. back normal. Yes. Um, so the normal blood work that you have, I mm-hmm. was old at this point. I was 36. So, um, <laughs> so I was 37. Sorry, I was 37. Um, so they uh, did that blood work. That all came back good. She said, you came back uh, on your carrier screening. Two things came back, but your doctor will call you about that. And we're oh, thinking she did two not out of our concerned. 177 like, and okay, no concern good. in her voice. And um, carrier screening, normally um, both parents have to carry it in order for it to affect the child. My doctor called me at 1135 the next day. A.M. 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 Okay. A.M. And says, um, okay, you are um, 
a carrier of muscular dystrophy. It's Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It is the worst type of muscular dystrophy. And your, um, your deletion is large. Um, there's a lot of things I just said that people aren't going to understand, right, but this meant yeah. um, this could be really bad. This could be really bad. Um, now, as far as muscular dystrophy goes, it lives on the X chromosome. So if I'm pregnant with a boy, I give him one. If I give him the wrong one, he has muscular dystrophy. Oh, There's man. no carrying it. There's no healing it. He has muscular dystrophy. So essentially, so, they tell us there's a 50% chance that this baby's going to have. Yeah, and then he says, dystrophy. oh, and I need to tell you the sex of the baby. Is that okay? And we're like, well, it's obviously <laughs> a boy if we're having exactly. this conversation. Right. Oh. Um, with a girl, a girl can be a carrier. Um, but it doesn't present. Mm. girls can present but not what I have my deletion a girl was not going to present with this mm. it was she would be a carrier mm -hmm. so I'm like well if we're having this conversation I guess I'm having a boy and I was um and so we we kind of looked at each other and said to the doctor we we're like but well hang on we we have a healthy baby son we have Ashton mm -hmm. and he said yes um you guys need to come in right away and get him tested because there's a 50% chance that he has this as well and you don't know it. Wow. And he won't present it until two and a half. Wow. He yes. Two and two weeks. I literally just got chills. Mm. Yeah, this was September 22nd of 2020 and Ashton turned two, or, yeah, two on, on September 2nd of that year. Oh, my God. Um, so we would not know. He would still be a perfectly healthy developing child. And at two and a half, he would start to stumble and start to um, develop developmental challenges and um, physical challenges. Motor skill challenges. Mm -hmm. Things that would start to present, especially in a child that's just learning how to walk or, sure. you know, yeah. it, for all grants, you know, yeah. length of time. Um, also in that conversation, he said, you need to be tested or you need to get your heart checked because it can affect a woman's heart. Okay. So you, <laughs> that's a lot. You that's went into lot. this. Yeah. I was going to say you went into this, not really knowing what was going to be presented to you to like being basically slapped in the face two times. Well, more than yeah. two times. Yeah. Um, How did you feel? Like it just, and was this like my in person? Away. Was this in person yeah. or was this over? No, this was over the phone you because again, it's COVID. Oh. Right. That's mm. why. Yeah. That's why I was asking. Yeah. It's the summer of COVID now and yeah. we're really not seeing people again mm -hmm. because it's going crazy. Um, yeah, so this was over the phone, and then they said, okay, you need to come to a high-risk doctor. We need to get you in with a geneticist. You need to have all these conversations. By the way, Brad can't come. Uh, um, huh. So How'd you feel? Brad, out. what did you – What did, did you go to work? Like, what did you do? Yeah, you know, so How did you get off the couch? Moment, yeah, working from home, you know, certainly uh, helped because mm -hmm. I was there every moment through these uh, – through all these conversations, and – I I kind of pivoted my attention to helping make sure Jessica was okay navigating this mm -hmm. and trying to just take a little bit of the lift of Ashton. Yeah. Um, which was was not easy because Jessica also wanted to be even closer to Ashton in these moments because we had this huge fifty percent scare looming over our head. Right. And so well, you'll come to know about me as uh, for better or for worse, and in this case, probably for worse. I'm the eternal optimist. Yes. Um, <laughs> I am somebody that will do everything that I can and pour all my energy in trying to help make things better and improve the scenario for people and bring a positive mindset that that he's going to be okay and Beckham's going to be okay. And I was almost naive. Yeah, Ashton, and I was honestly. the one saying, like, I need to prepare you all that he might not be. Yeah. And Ashton might not be. Um, I was sorry, I get, I get very emotional when I talk uh, about Ashton, yes. potentially. In yes. my heart of hearts, I, you could not have, I, and this was it, naive, to be honest, but um, just like a father's instinct, I would say more than anything. Like, I knew this kid, we, he's brilliant. He, at that point, was brilliant. He was so... He was coming along and I knew it wouldn't start to present until that moment, but I just, I trusted my eyes more than my ears and what they yeah. were telling me wasn't true to me. Right. And, and fortunately, let's fast forward for anybody listening. Ashton is Ashton completely is healthy. healthy. So, Ashton's been tested to the gene level. We had to go, you know, into New York City um, to have him tested at a pediatric geneticist. Um, 
and uh, that was but fun getting waited. blood work for a two-year-old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like real blood work. That was so terrible. Was healthy, but it also took eight weeks, it took eight to, weeks get to get the results. Out. Wow. They told us it would be four. Um, yeah. Again, COVID, so yeah. everything was taking a lot longer. Yeah. Um, so for two months. Yeah, we waited while you're carrying this this boy, right. this pregnancy yeah. with this other news. Um, right, and I was also very sick with him, mm. so there was a lot. Um, and I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I was at home watching Ashton every day, um, and staring at him and watching his every move. Yeah. Um, and you know he would trip because he's two, and I was like, oh mm-hmm. my god, he has it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a lot of that. Um, but so okay, so fast forward a bit, we find out in November. Um, that Ashton is healthy. Thank God. You just knew it when they called us, you could hear it in the woman's yeah. voice. He's healthy. <clears throat> and he was, and there are still days that I have looked at that email. You know, they mm. sent us the, the lab results and I still sometimes have to look at it yeah. because yeah. it was such a scare for us. Yeah. Um, but then sadly a week later, uh, oh, I had an amnio. I waited to have an amnio instead of having a CVS. Um, CVS was going to be at 13 weeks. I found out at 12 weeks and six days that I carried muscular dystrophy. So I would have had to do it the next day. Hmm. Um, CVS is a little more risky for the pregnancy. And it was my job as, as his mom, I felt to do what I could for him, keep him as safe as I could. So we did the amnio at 16 weeks. Um, that should have taken about three weeks to come back. It took four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and on November 20th, they, sorry, November 20th, November 12th, 16th, 16th, November 16th, they called um, and said he has it. Wow. He has muscular dystrophy. He has Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And uh, during this two month period of waiting, we had talked to everybody we could possibly talk to. Um, as far as doctors in the muscular dystrophy field. Um, Literally like world leading specialists. Yeah. yeah. Um, talking to them about what does this look like? Um, what what would his life expectancy be? What would his life quality be? Um, what are we looking at here? And not one of the doctors that deals with this every day advocated for the life of our child. Mm-hmm. And um, in that moment, you know what is right for the child yeah. as his parents. Um, it doesn't make it any easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was something that we never in our lives thought we would ever consider. And here we were in this moment trying to decide if, if we would terminate yeah. for that reason. Um, and we we debated this for two months. Yes. You know, knowing that yes. this was a possibility, we had right. to pre- prepare ourselves for the reality of that information to come our way. Yeah. And there was days where we said, you know, he's going to live a, as especially as we started to talk to some of these, these specialists, <sighs> that he's going to live a pain-filled and mm. very different. They said that, you know, there will be good days, of mm. course. But the one thing that is guaranteed is every tomorrow will be worse than today. Wow. Yeah. And that is a really hard thing to hear from doctors about your child. Yeah. And there was days though we woke up. I remember one day I woke up and I was like, we are having this kid. Like I'm throwing superhero on my back. Like I'm going to be the president of the Duchenne muscular dystrophy society Uh of North America. We are going to do everything we possibly can to show this kid an unbelievable life. And we're very fortunate. You know, we, I've got a good job. We'll build a new house. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. We're built. We're going to move anyways. Let's build a, an you know, an ADA compliant home. And, you know, those days would be great. And then we'd wake up the next day and it's like. Because it wasn't but, about us. It, yes, right. exactly. Right. If it was about us, we would have done those things because we wanted him so desperately. Right. But it wasn't about us. Right. It was about him and you. his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was about him and his life. And um, and so, so people know, as Justin mentioned, that the life expectancy is in the 20s, not past 30. Hmm. This isn't but something also, that you can live but, with. So. Yes, but with my deletion, it could have been 13. Yes. You know, right. like it's, it, we're talking wheelchair at six and and those types of things, um, feeding tubes, you know, a couple years later. It, it was at three or four. Right. I mean, it's, um, it's not good. <laughs> Yeah. 
What impossible um, conversations. Right. Yeah, they were. And um, preparing our families was very hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our families were very much like, God's got this. He's going to protect him. He's going to be okay. And I really had to sit down with everyone and say, there's a very strong possibility that he, this is not the case. Yeah. Um, and you also need to understand what we may be prepared to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that was hard for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. It still is. Yeah. One thing that was was somewhat helpful for us and so we keep saying him our son Beckham yeah um, you know, my sister and my brother-in-law Brandon um, they went through a, a very challenging experience as well and they were supportive of us obviously through this whole conversation it was not that you want that you know first-hand experience within your family but you know, we were able to have some good discussions and I remember my sister saying you know name him hmm. you know, yeah this was be before we family. knew before we knew if he had it or yeah. not, she's mm-hmm. like, give him a name. You're going to want him to be a part of your family regardless. So, yeah. oh, I love that. you know, share, share with the world that you are pregnant. Cause we hadn't yeah. even told people well, we, we were, were pregnant. very hesitant to do mm-hmm. it too. Um, and we did. And um, we felt good about that and, um, and, and still do, you know, we're so grateful Absolutely. that we had already named him and all of those things prior. Um, so then we, you know, we went back to the doctors and all of those things. And then we went to the hospital on November 18th um, to deliver him. And I was induced and uh, went through full labor um, and delivered him on November 19th at 1033. By choice. Yeah. Right. We yeah. didn't have to. No, that. no. It was mm-hmm. something that we wanted to do. We, we wanted to meet him. Aww. We wanted to uh, hold him. We wanted yeah. to be able to share his story with every nurse and doctor that came yeah. into that room. Yeah. And the support we had in that hospital, in Stanford Hospital in Connecticut, was, was unbelievable. I mean, nurses and doctors literally crying with us mm-hmm. and supporting us. It was um, it was beautiful. And yeah. we held, held Beckham for four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. While Jessica was having another DNC, because that, of course, had to happen. Um, But we spent four beautiful hours with him taking pictures and Mm -hmm. reading books and singing songs and praying. And um, it's it's this weird thing to say for anybody that has been there, but it's for the best hours of my life. Yeah. Um, Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice to be able to spend time with him. it's we, moments you'll never get back. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yes, we were very, very well cared for um, in Stanford. Our nurses were angels, um, absolute angels. You know, you go to work on L&D expecting to have a really nice day. And um, yeah. they did not have a nice day that day, but they made our day as as peaceful as it could be. Yeah. That's how it should be um, every time. And it was, yeah. Yeah. They were wonderful. Um, <laughs> it you guys, keeps going. Uh, yeah. yeah. How, um, what did that look like with Ashton? Did he know um, you guys were pregnant? He did. Could, he did. did he... And he knew, he knew Beckham, you know, was the baby's name. And, um, we explained to him that we were going to go to the hospital and that, um, there was something wrong with baby Beckham's muscles. Hmm. Um, and that, that when mommy came back. Baby Beckham wouldn't be in mommy's belly anymore, but he'd be in the sky. Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, no. And he was, you know, two and some change. So he didn't he really, knew he, enough, he understood but... a bit. He talked about him a lot. Yeah. Um, and still does. still does. That's his little brother. Absolutely. I mean, we pray about him and and Ari that we'll talk about here in a moment, too, because unfortunately the story continues. Um, But we have Beckham's ashes in our home. Um, We have a beautiful display um, that that we we kiss every night and that Ashton looks at. And he is very much a part of our story. I I have November 19th, 2020 and Roman numerals on my on my forearm. And. Mm. You know, it's 
he is just as much our son as Ashton. Um, yep. You know, unfortunately, you know, we've had four beautiful years and a lifetime to go with Ashton, only four hours with Beckham. But, um, you know, I think there's this has been really difficult to talk about because obviously there's a lot of stigma around the decision that we made. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it was important for us to tell this part. We, we could have lied and just said we had a miscarriage and yeah. things didn't go our way. Um, but I think it was so important for us to tell this and, um, for people that we love and and support to, to know the truth too, because I think oftentimes that stigma is that people have an abortion because they don't want their child. Right. Um, that nothing could be further from the truth for Mm us. Um, it, I remember when we told one of our very close friends that this happened, um, he said to us, you know, this was a decision of mercy. Hmm. And uh, it that's really resonated still, you yeah. know, all this time later, because yeah. it truly was. This was showing our son mercy. And, and we've never once regretted the decision. We stand by our decision a thousand percent. Yeah. It doesn't mean we don't live with grief. And, and that we don't miss it every day. Yeah. But you know, we wanted to share this because I think it's, it's important for people to understand that this isn't just, you know, we're not teenagers that got pregnant for no reason. You know, this, this is something that um, we live with every single day. It's not such a black and white issue. Right. Right. Yeah. This is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you want me to keep going? <laughs> keep going. Why don't we talk about Ari? Because we could talk about yeah. the, you know, yeah. the follow-up with Beckham, Beckham for yeah. a yeah. half hour or two. But um, unfortunately, the, that's the story for another podcast. Wink, wink. Yeah. Um, so my way to um, deal with my grief of losing Beckham was to dive into IVF. Um, we knew that we could not get pregnant naturally because of my muscular dystrophy diagnosis. Um you know, oh. there would be a chance that we, we could, but we oh, ran we the could. risk of yeah. having a boy again and then finding ourselves in another the same situation. Right. So the only way to eliminate muscular dystrophy from our our children's lives was to do IVF and have the embryos tested mm. genetically, which is a whole yeah <laughs> whole yeah. scientific mess. But um, so you know that meant. There was no IUI, like it was straight IVF. Wow. Um, so we dove into that as soon as I could. As soon as my cycle was back um, in January, we dove into IVF um, and did all the testing. And I did my first um, IVF cycle in April. And at that point, you still had to be tested for COVID before going in for your transfer mm. or be- mm. going in for your retrieval. Yeah. So I got tested and they say I tested positive. Oh I'm like, that's gosh. not possible. Like we go nowhere. I've only for been COVID? to your office. Yeah. Or yeah, I've like, only been to your COVID. office. COVID. Like, like, if I got COVID, I got it from you. We're like Fauci's star children. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you guys gave me COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. right. So, your pen over there. Give me, me. Baby, you yeah. gave me COVID. They call and say, you have to stop your meds. Oh I was my on day nine gosh. of my meds. You have to Get stop your meds here. and we're not doing your your retrieval jessica i can i, go, I can brad and i go and get i can relate i can relate on this yes yeah. because we did ivf in the same time frame and i remember that being huge i don't know if you remember me talking about it tracy but the stress and anxiety mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. covid and not being able to follow yeah. through with your ivf i'm like this is thousands of dollars this isn't just yeah. like, time sensitive too this right is time but, sensitive yeah. and, this isn't oh, yeah. just yeah. like I have a cold. Yeah. This is huge. And you're going to cancel my whole cycle if I get COVID. Like it's, it yeah. was a people big know what that means. deal. I mean, big I don't fully deal. understand what that means, yeah. but I can, that's Just means. know that it's a lot and, of money. Mm-hmm. It's a oh. lot of stress on our bodies. A lot of mm-hmm. shots. A lot of shots. I mean, I, a lot of shots. Tracy knows, but yeah. just the emotional toll, oh like, like remove everything else. And of course, all of your losses, like it, it's yeah. just that so much intense. in general. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. then, yeah. Wow, you and, got COVID and you have to cancel your cycle. Goodbye. You didn't, even, yeah. you didn't even actually have it, by the way. I didn't have it. It was false, false positive. positive. <gasps> what? Yeah. It was Wait, false how did we find that out? Tested. 
well, I went to the same, like they had me test at the hospital. They switch up your results with somebody. I go back to the, I go back to the hospital the next day. I have the same test and I'm negative. Then I go and have two subsequent tests. They're all negative. But at this point, we couldn't continue. They, oh, you they can't say what they yeah. It was also this, the week of Beckham's due date. Beckham oh. was due on April 4th. We stopped my cycle. It, it was my March cycle. So I was, you know, right. How did you get it out of like bed? two days before. <laughs> I'm punching um, walls over here for you. Yeah. Easter, <laughs> yeah. Easter was on April 4th Easter. of 2020. <laughs> 2021. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so there was that piece. Then we dive into another cycle. Um, we did another round in April, May, I, it's all kind of blurry, but we did another cycle, um, and, uh, we retrieved only, well, at the end, end game, we got three embryos, um, all three, no, sorry, one, we got one embryo. It was a boy with muscular dystrophy at the end of the day. It took us, um, you know, it takes like a month Mm -hmm. to get all the testing back. Um, and he had muscular dystrophy. Mm. So then we did another cycle. Um, this cycle, we got three embryos. It took almost two months. It took about six weeks Mm -hmm. to get our results. And we have one little girl who's healthy. Mm. And we're like, that's it. Because everyone had said, oh, well, your problem is not getting pregnant. We can get you pregnant. Mm -hmm. Anybody can get you pregnant. That's not the problem. Anybody? So, well, yeah. you know, Hold the phone. No, I take that back. <laughs> Listener, uh, we gotta talk. We gotta go. <laughs> we got an issue Thanks over here. Thanks for tuning in uh, to another yeah. confessions Sorry, of. Uh... <laughs> oh boy, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. So, so no one's concerned, right? We're gonna do a transfer. Um, we transferred her on August 29th, all was well. Um, and I was pregnant literally five days later I tested and I was pregnant. Wow. There was a faint little line and it just kept getting darker. And for those of you that haven't been through it, that's that, not that, normal. Yeah. Getting <laughs> one egg and that implanting and, and being viable is the odds aren't great. Yeah. yeah. And so we just, and it was a girl who, you know, wouldn't be a, uh, she wasn't a carrier. She was carrier. completely healthy. And mm-hmm. here we are, like everything just beautifully aligned. And we felt like you know, the God in the world or yeah. whoever you believe in was finally sm- smiling down on us and yeah. saying, it's time for you to continue it. to grow mm-hmm. your family. It's your turn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And things were good. And things were good things for a while. Things were really good. Um, we did all of the testing. We did all of everything under the sun. She had her nuchal, her anatomy exam. Everything was perfect. Um. I guess not anatomy, just nuchal. Hmm. Um, and then at 14 weeks and one day, um, I was laying in bed trying to let my son hear her heartbeat for the first time. I had been listening to her heartbeat. Everything was great. Um, I wanted him to hear because he hadn't heard it yet. And just to quickly interject, I'm in New Jersey for work. Yeah. We are living in Jessica's parents' house in Ohio right now because we're transitioning from Connecticut to our home, and it was about a six-week time frame that we had to live with her parents. Because we were uh, building here. Thanks, mm-hmm. Kirk and Sally. Way if you're listening, appreciate that. <laughs> um, and so I'm not even with Jess. I'm at work in Jersey. Yeah, he's in Jersey. Um, and I can't – my parents are at church choir. So they're at practice. No one's home, just myself and Ashton, and I can't find her heartbeat. Um, and I'm getting nervous, but I'm like, you know, she's 14 weeks. Maybe she's just moving around a lot and I can't find her. She's hiding behind the placenta. You know, I wasn't too concerned yet. Right. But as just mentioned, she's a hundred pounds soaking wet. Hmm. Yeah. And I was always able to find my babies. Always, always very early on able to find a heartbeat. Yeah. And I had been listening to her all the time on my Doppler. So um, not massively concerned, but I it was, was concerned. kind of a first yeah. time. Right. right? Yeah. Like the, I spent the entire rest of the night, um, all night, trying to find her. Couldn't find her. Um, you know, I'm reading everything, and it says, oh, keep a full bladder, all of these things. And so I do that, and now it's 5 a.m., and I'm listening, and I can't find her. Um, so I call the doctor, and they're like, come in. She's probably just hiding. Had you um, called Brad at this point? Did he know it was happening? We had talked the night before, and I had said, you know, I can't find her. I'm concerned. Um, but honest to God, we couldn't even fathom because mm. this was November 17th. Mm. 
And we had lost Beckham on November 19th, the year before. Yeah. So there was just no way that, it would be that, that, cruel. that right. this could happen. Right. There was just no way. Um, so my dad drove me to the doctor in Pittsburgh, um, which is an hour from my parents' house. So we drove up there and, um, this is now November 18th. Yeah. 18th. They listened for a heartbeat, couldn't find her. So they said, oh, you're going to have to go for ultrasound. Um, I waited about 40 minutes in a room by myself to wait for ultrasound. Um, and she was gone. No heartbeat. Um, she was, she measured 14 weeks. So it had just happened. I was 14 weeks, two days. Um, there was no explanation. Um, and there was no one there. Mm-hmm. And it was um, a out-of-body experience. Yeah. Um, you know, they brought my dad in, but they hadn't told him. Um, so his, you know, he's like trembling and looking at me and says, is everything oh. okay? I'm like, no, it's not. She's gone. Um, and then I have to call Brad (laughs) and he's driving home from Connecticut or from New Jersey. And I have to tell him that you need to pull over. Um, that's the first thing she says. And I I know exactly what time she's going in for the appointment. And we talked that morning and, uh, I was much more concerned. Yeah. And, but again, you're like, you know, hopefully just go there and she's hiding and whatnot. So I'm, you know, driving with bated breath the Mm -hmm. entire time and the second the phone rings i'm like instantly in the right hand lane anticipating that i'm going to have to pull over and the first word she just like we said you know earlier in this the second you heard the tone of voice she didn't even have to say anything yeah and and ari was gone and this baby was Again, you know, IVF tested, everything was perfect, and um, she made it to 14 weeks. I mean, every doctor that I have seen since is like, that doesn't happen, not at 14 weeks. Like, you know, it, something, sometimes it's a stillborn later and all of those things, but 14 weeks is a really weird time to lose a baby. Um, but here we were. Um and so we will never know, you know, kind of what uh, caused it. Um, but we did, from that experience, decide that we could no longer continue that journey. Yeah. Um, unless someone could guarantee that myself and the baby were walking out of the hospital healthy. Um, we just couldn't continue um, to do this. I. I am fortunate that I am a mom to Ashton. Um, uh, you know, I am a mom to a living child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he needs me. Right. And at that point, I'm thinking, well, maybe something was going to happen to me. And so my life was spared. Or you, you search for yeah. any, any kind of reason because it's just so unfathomable. So that was November 18th. And November 19th, we honored Beckham on his one year day um so it was um a a blur and and an emotional um i i don't even have a word for it (laughs) and of course then jess still has to have two more yeah i had two more dnc's after that wow so this carried on well into the new year yeah unfortunately yeah so they they had to do a dnc and then it same thing happened as the the first yeah miscarriage yeah, and I started hemorrhaging on Christmas Eve. Oh my <laughs> gosh! So it's been wow. um, an interesting um, two years. Yeah, a very interesting two years. Uh, through yeah yeah. I guess we're going on three now, but no, still two two, two years. <laughs> it's all a blur, as I said. Um, well, so much biggest, has happened. You know, so much. Yeah. So much. Yeah. Just just one of those things. Yeah. You know, is enough <laughs> or yeah. hard to to work through and process through. But yeah. And then I found you guys in March, and you guys yeah. really. Um, <laughs> yeah, how'd you How'd you find us? Pulled me through. Um, so we had just moved to Pittsburgh when this happened, as I said, um, and I started reaching out to anybody and everybody I could to try and get to talk to somebody because as I said with with Beckham I poured myself into IVF was that healthy no 
but that's what I did. That's how I survived in those moments. (laughs) Right. That's how I grieved. I just moved on. I tried. Um, Here, I couldn't even begin to. Um, So I was, I knew that I needed, I needed help. I needed to talk to someone. And I told all of the, you know, resources here in Pittsburgh, and I couldn't find anyone to talk to. (laughs) Um, Everyone said, you know, they they could talk to me in March or April. Months later. uh, Somewhere in May. Um, And this was in December when I was calling people. Um, And then it was Christmas, and I kind of delayed through that. And then in January, I reached out to my Connecticut contacts, and my acupuncturist from RMA somehow she had a friend in Erie and she knew of you guys. And so she sent me your information. And so that was, wow. that was the beginning of March is when I started talking with you guys. And um, it's been so helpful to find a community of people that actually understand and um, you can talk to openly. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it's been so very helpful for both of us to, uh, to find that. And it's been helpful for our marriage and for just all yeah. of those things. I mean, I think sometimes I think people don't necessarily recognize that um, pregnancy and infant loss can be so such a trying time on a on a relationship as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much emotion involved in all yeah. of that. And yeah, there's um, a big divorce rate, and then the rest yeah. of your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, right? The rest of your and lives then, together, you have this right to work through right <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know we're still we're still parenting a toddler which right. is mm-hmm. tough to, you know so during all of this Ashton didn't just you know go to camp we had right. him, he was amazing and yeah. he like saved us through all of this Absolutely. but at the same time you know you're trying mm-hmm. to be the best parent you can through all of that too and it takes a lot of you're barely the best version of yourself right he needs you it emotionally takes, oh, you can do yeah. out of bed. mentally yeah. and when you don't have anything to give it's hard to get right. what you don't have, right? Yeah. So you have absolutely. been chatting with Pam for yeah. a couple months. Yeah, and she's, she's just incredible. She she's really is. helped me so much um, to try and find myself again. Um, I've poured everything I have into Ashton, mm-hmm. literally every last drop of me into Ashton. And um, she's starting to help me find who I am again, which is really uh, needed and, and so really nice. Important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's your top tool that she has taught you and what do you, how do you use it? What does that look like? You know, that right now we're still working on me, just self care and trying to find something that I like to do for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that isn't, you know, grocery shopping and cleaning, doing the laundry no, and yeah. cleaning. Yeah. Um, have you tried some things that have failed actually for me? Like if you tried hiking um, and you're like, eh, not for me. Running? Not for me. Don't put me down for that. I still am. I still am not the best at this, and I'm working on it. Well, there's also (laughs) so much. There's a lot of compounding effect here, right? Between Jessica's a stay-at-home mom with Ashton, who just started going to preschool. It was a world of COVID, and then you add on all these things. So just the you know twenty-four-seven togetherness, and Jessica's un unbelievable mother and so she's poured so much of her energy into into exactly that that you know years of this going on it's it's not the easiest thing to pull back from. yeah it's mm-hmm. time to kind of relinquish some of my control right. reorient yourself <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah um but he's going to preschool three mornings a week so i'm trying to take one of those mornings for myself um, trying. Which I'm trying good. to get her to take all three mornings. <laughs> trying. Someone's okay. got to do the laundry and do the groceries. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, you know, that's something that she's helping me work through. And she's, she's honestly just helped me manage, manage my grief level yeah. and, and, um, it, and validate it. Um, that's something that was really big for me. Yeah. Is validating how I felt. Yeah. And that it is normal and that it is um, and that, that's how I should feel, you yeah, know, yeah. um, there's been a lot and, um, not to say that anyone that has had one loss hasn't had a lot because any loss is so very much. Right. Um, so it's just, it's been a journey it's and, a journey. um, we're still kind of grieving the, 
idea of not having any more children. Mm-hmm. That is something that is still very, very hard for us. Yeah. Um, but it's necessary for us to be able to move on with our lives and um, move on for Ashton and be good parents for Ashton. And, um, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, but we still, of course, struggle with that. You mm-hmm. Somehow all of the women that are pregnant just are right live in our neighborhood all your neighbors <laughs> just right next to you. every neighbor <laughs> i'm going to disney can't wait to see everyone in their 25 mm. kids yeah. okay. um add to cart bl- sunglasses with like blinders, blinders. <laughs> yeah. yeah i can't see you i can't hear you yes yes mickey mouse blinders you know, there will, yeah there will always be those things all of those triggers that um yeah. come up yeah yeah. But we're working. You'll be in Disney, like Pam it. says. To I don't know, right. like you'll spit out a Pam tool, like just out right. of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's wow. our story. I'm so glad you found us. I'm so sorry for yeah. your losses. Thank you. I'm Thank sorry. You. Thank you. This is your story, um, but I'm so glad you you found your way to us. Yeah, and we are too. We're so proud of you for leaning in. Yeah, doing hard work. Yeah, to this. Thank you. Which kind of it leads... is. It's work, and I think some people don't recognize that it's work every mm. day. Full time job. Full time job. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. you get yourself into a place where you can function yeah. properly again. Twenty four seven. Not even full time. Yeah. More than full time. Yeah. Twenty four seven. Yeah. Yeah. So I had I got a text from Brad eh, maybe two weeks ago, three weeks ago. <laughs> Sounds right. Recently, <laughs> he's like, "Hey, uh, I have an idea." I said, "Great, call me." <laughs> always that's always tracy (laughs) like yeah what can we do so brad what was that text about yeah so you know as we've started to really be at a point where we can live with our grief not just you know being surrounded by it 24 7 um i've just been so grateful for everything that you've done for us and, and and nonprofits and companies like yours and the, the thing that I've noticed a lot, though, as a grieving father is a lot of these resources um, are really geared towards moms and for very obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And um, while, while that's always, of course, uh, understood, you know, a lot of times us dads feel like we get forgotten in this process uh, or that our job is to help our spouse grieve um, and then you know, maybe at some other time, think about our own grief. And so I've been so inspired by the work that you all do that I woke up one night, this literally at like 3 a.m. and then never fell back asleep. So and you have your best ideas. Awake. Still awake. Either 3 a.m. or the shower. Like, I'm like, oh, this one I just, let's, let's just go sit on the couch for this. I'm not laying in bed. This is full blown yeah, attention span. Mm-hmm. And I had the, I don't know if it was put on my heart or the epiphany or whatever it might be, but that I wanted to do something exactly like this for grieving fathers. And you were amazing in an instantaneous, yes. Like, don't know the details, don't know everything else, but, yes, but yes, we're doing, we're doing it. it. And I am incredibly excited to announce that in partnership with you all and with First Candle, another nonprofit for uh, families that have experienced SIDS um, based in Connecticut, um, myself. My brother-in-law, Brandon, who uh, lost a a child at uh, stillbirth, and one of my best friends, Brian, who um, unfortunately lost a child to SIDS at five weeks. The three of us are going to do a men's podcast for grieving fathers. And uh, name TBD, that's not the name. Uh, (laughs) We will come up with a name. I was really hoping to have it by today, but we're too (laughs) indecisive on trying to come up with something that'd be pretty cool. But I'm just so honored that you all said yes to us, that we can pay it forward and and hopefully help men grieve in the way that men grieve through these things with yeah. you know maybe a little bit of levity, a lot of open heart, uh, talk about the things that we experience as, as spouses and dads and you know, going back to work and, and yeah. trying to navigate that life and trying to be a good husband and a good father at the same time that you're trying to carve out time for your own grief. And so we're going to tackle those topics in a similar format with with other dads that have gone through similar things. And I think between the experience that you just heard from us and what I just gave you between Brandon and Brian, you know, we, we can really touch a lot of men and, mm-hmm. and things that they've experienced. And so I'm really excited to launch this with you all. Yeah, it is. It's so necessary. And we've talked, you know, we're we're women over here. Yeah. And we've tried to 
include the dads and see them and notice them, but we that the just the day. it falls short. Yeah, you know because we're not guys. Yeah, and so it really right. does sure. take guys, dads to say, "Hey, I, I'll raise my hand and I will." Yeah, step into the space, and and you know create that space for for guys. Yeah, and it's I'm just so exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. So this is going to so this Thank is the you. last episode of 2022. Like I said in the beginning, um, and this. Confessions of a Grieving Dad, named TBD, um, will be launched <laughs> very soon after this. Yeah. We're excited. Totally excited over here. Yeah. I I probably annoy Jessica all day long <laughs> with how much all. I talk about this. Uh, <laughs> yes, I need I'm to so go find out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so proud that he's going to do this. I'm Thank you. Very, it's very necessary. We, First thing she told me is, you have a face for radio. Oh, <laughs> so you know if you're a dad that's listening please reach out to us um we're, we're gonna i, I said brad yeah, we'll we will not to. have a, a problem finding guests finding yeah. dads for for your yeah. podcast so reach out to us um as of now in the future that might change you know, maybe to brad's email but yeah we can start the ball rolling here and start getting a list yep. so they can start reaching out um and who knows where this thing, we'll just do like a worldwide tour together. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> and create this space. This, it's just going to be you a game wait. changer. You it's a game wait. changer. Yeah. Brad, buckle yeah. up. Yeah. Sorry. Do you like your day job? <laughs> <laughs> it might change. So thank you. I, I, I call you guys the three Bs. I mean, that's not. Yeah. 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 All of them BR too, right? Yeah. Brad, Brian, Brian, oh, Brandon, Brett. That's yeah. true. Who knows? There you go. The How about that? The B- yeah. Isn't that on the periodic <laughs> table or something? Burr. <laughs> Cold in Tracy here. just got it. <laughs> Shh, I'm blonde. Oh, man. So, oh, okay. That was a very up and down, tear filled, laughter filled episode. Um, thank you, Brad, Jessica, for, for reaching out. Um, we got to meet you at the Pittsburgh Walk and give you guys yeah. a big hug and meet you formally. And uh, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for having us. It's an honor. Thank you for sharing your babies with us. Thank you for sharing thank your heart you. with us. Brad, thank you for waking up at 3 a.m. and um, leaning <clears throat> into this. Um, I'm really excited to see where this goes. And we'll have to do a recap episode in a year of like the year of yeah. 2023. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. So stay tuned for that, listeners. Um, thank you for tuning in again. Thank you for being us this whole year with us, 2022. We're looking forward to next year. Please reach out uh, if you're a dad or a mom that would like to be on our podcast. Um, hope you have a safe and happy New Year's. And we will see you next year. Bye.